2: Hey everyone! Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version, depending on where you happen to live. Uh, we are sponsored by WinBet. We greatly appreciate them for that. If you could please rate review the podcast, it'd be fantastic. Also, it goes a-, a long way to helping people find the podcast, helping people say good things about the podcast. If you enjoy listening to us, you could leave us a few stars uh, and a good comment. That would be very nice. We are also live on uh, StreamYard here. We're live on uh, Facebook Live. We're live on YouTube. So if you're listening to us there, want to comment. Uh, please feel free to do so. There, obviously, like us uh, there also. So, uh, Jeff, we're into uh, window week eight. We're about a quarter away into the season. Time to kind of, you know, assess where you are standing. Starts to matter a little bit. Stats starts to matter a little bit. How is everything in your world?
3: Good, good, man. Uh, just you know, well, it's funny. My 15s are way better than my 12s. I don't know what's up with that, but they are nice. That's That's uh, a good.
2: That's a good thing because your 15s are more expensive than your 12s. True. I want. Okay. I want both to kick butt though. My 12s
3: are not doing well enough uh but uh we'll, we'll work on that we got plenty of time and here's the dumb thing you know don't i think it's human nature spend more time looking at the live stats looking at the rosters thinking about plotting your moves and the teams that you're doing well than yep. the teams that really need the help
2: yeah it, it's very it's very easy to do that Again, and, and later the season i think that's probably a good thing too but uh early you know this early in the season i try and Uh, give all the teams kind of the same amount of attention, but, uh, yeah, it's hard not to get a little more excited about the good ones or the 15 teamers that are a little more money involved, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing better in my 15s than 12s. Also one of my 12s is pretty good. One is really bad. It's just gotten horrible pitching problems so far. So, um, but you know, long way to go. A couple of, a couple of good ads here and there, a couple of good drops. Maybe we'll solve that problem. But, uh, how's, uh, you said your 15s doing pretty well though, huh? Yeah,
3: well, let's not talk too much about that. I, I I don't want to make this a humble brag session. Let's it's, right. it's May, so let's keep yeah. moving.
2: Better, but, better better to be good than bad. But yeah, let's uh, let's look into week eight. We've got uh, we got an interesting schedule in week eight. We have we have we have two teams that play eight games this week. Jeff, we got the Twins and the Angels. Yeah. Of course, two of those games are seven-inning games, so not quite a full eight-game week, but still, uh, you know, six full games and two shortened ones. So uh, a big schedule there. And if you play in nfpc type format or any, any format allows you to make Friday hitter moves, uh, those those teams have five games the first half of the week. That's a pretty uh, pretty nice uh, nice right. uh, setup there.
3: And the way teams manage their rosters, I mean, you can't possibly bench everybody for the doubleheader. Yeah. Um, I, I would think Mike Trout's going to get five games probably. Uh maybe, you know, maybe Shohei sits one of those games. Yeah. Rendon's coming off an IL trip, maybe he sits one of those. Fletcher is banged up a little bit right now, maybe he sits. He might even sit anyhow. We just dropped him in one of our leagues. but uh point is, you know, you you can't bend. you can't sit everybody. And so there some of these guys are going to play a lot. Uh so it, it's going to be fun. Like I I'm all over Jared Walsh this week. I mean, not that you I wouldn't already be all over Jared Walsh, but yeah, he, he's going to get extra run this week. Yeah,
2: and maybe you're a little more all over Taylor Ward or Jorge Polanco or some kind of fringy guys, yeah. especially in twelves where you can add players. That you know, uh, an edge here and there in, in some runs is a good thing. And uh, but uh, it should be a, it should be a fun little schedule there. We got we got nine teams to play seven games. So there's a lot of teams are playing full slates. We do have three teams that play five games. Jeff, uh, the Royals, the Brewers, and the Cardinals play five. Right and on the on the AL to NL thing, an interesting development. JD Martinez has three games this week in the NL park, but he's also has eight games in the outfield. Uh, I think he's going to qualify at outfield this weekend, which is uh, which is pretty nice. You can kind of uh, start to move him around, uh, open up some spots, and move stuff around. I think we're finally going to get there. We kind of figured it would happen, but uh, you know, I think the two months in is a, is a, pretty, a good thing. Yeah.
3: You know, what's really weird is the St. Louis two game uh, the two game stretch, from Monday through Thursday. It's against another NL club. It's not like they got an Interleague series. It's a, it's just a really random two game set. I, I don't get it at all. I don't understand why they did it that way. It's two. And, you know, yeah, yeah, I get tomorrow. They tra- played the Sunday night game. I, and maybe that's the answer. They played the Sunday night game in San Diego. So travel overnight, home,
2: rest day on Monday. But why Thursday? I don't get that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know either. So it's a weird little schedule, and the uh, the poor the poor Royals have two games this period, and it's against Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, and two off days. That is, cool. if you own any Royals, is a uh, a good week to uh, to to use your bench this week.
3: Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it certainly is. So uh, and yeah, the, the Roy- yeah it's Yeah, just tough on the Royals there. Yeah, but, uh, especially because of the way they've been kind of scuffling, although they. Oh, wait, I just abused the Todd uh, Todd Zola words mean things thing. Scuffling (laughs) means battling and fighting, not like struggling. So struggling is a better word. Let's be more precise.
2: Yeah, no doubt there. On the the good schedule front, you know, there are the Yankees have a really good schedule. They have four at Texas, three against the White Sox. Should be pretty nice too. Uh, the Nationals have four in Chicago and three against Baltimore. We always like facing Baltimore pitching. This Dodgers offense is wild right now. We'll get into Corey Seager here in a second. He's uh, he's out for at least four weeks with the fractured hand. But the Dodgers have four at Arizona, four at San Francisco, and it's weird. You look at the Dodgers offense, you're like, ah, eh, you know, they're kind of struggling. Didn't say soft scuffling, but they they still they're tied for the lead le- the league in the the lead league and uh, runs in the National League with your Red. Uh, and they may have shifted today but for all the struggles the Dodgers have and they have had that they still managed to score some runs it just shows I guess how deep they are
3: yeah that's right and you know I, I think that you know it, it's funny I mean they they just struggle against the Marlins uh, but that was Pablo Lopez too it's not exactly like you know it, it's you know a bullpen start or anything like that um, but I, I think it's something there that you're gonna have to just deal with them a little bit there I mean they I mean they I think we saw today it was Gavin Lux at shortstop. I think that's their approach to uh, replacing Seeger. Uh, I do too. Sign- but that also, and that maybe gives them some flexibility to move Max Muncy over to second, which is why you look at their other moves. It's Matt Beattie that might play some first. Albert Pujols is joining the team and Yoshi yep. Sutsugo, you know, two of the worst players in baseball, but there's a lot of, or at least worst hitters in baseball this year. Don't yeah. mean it to defame uh, Sutsugo like that. But no, uh, sorry, I couldn't resist the joke. Uh, I like but it. you know, yeah, thank you. Um, but you know, they can. It gives them options at least. You know, the Dodgers—they love them options. Uh, and that—that's the thing that you, you, they are looking for. That and there's no shortstops out there. I mean, look at the, what the Reds tried to do in trying to find a shortstop. There's just nothing
2: available. Yeah, good week. Uh, good week for for, for uh, your boy Kyle Farmer this week, though. He actually had a had a pretty nice week, especially in course.
3: Yeah, well, because it was in course. Yeah, and he, you know, he got to play. Works.
2: You got to play them and and the pirates before that too, which is almost like playing at course. I think the guy this really quietly helps is actually gonna be Zach McKinstry, who was gonna come back off the aisle and not really have a place to play. And suddenly now, like it's it's kind of open. Like they could put him, they could he could play some second base, he could play some corner outfield. Um, I think that he's a guy that's gonna come back and really not have a hard time finding at bats after his you know nice hot streak earlier. And obviously, Bellinger's gonna be back at some point here. He's he's back in the uh, he's he's going in a rehab assignment this week. But I think it's gonna help McKinstry for a couple weeks. I think that if you can pick him up, he might be a, a nice little sneaky ad. If he gets hot, maybe he sticks. The lineup,
3: yeah, yeah, that's right. And so the Dodgers are really busy. They got they had a five game week this past week, now they get the seven gamer. Um, you know, it, it this is where it starts to get intriguing, you know, like they have to manage their uh, rotation a little bit more, they have to uh, manage, uh, you know, the health a little bit of their hitters and all that. And this is where it really starts to get tested. They are able to, you know, they had, you know, unfortunately, you know, the secret injury happened after that, but. We'll see. They did a, a bullpen start. It was today, and Jimmy yeah. Nelson made the start. Now David Price is close to coming back. Gonsolin's probably a week after that. I mean, I don't know. Is Price uh, is the plan to get Price up to speed? I didn't see the note on that, so uh, you may have to help me out on this one there. But it's, did you go at, Did will you go after Price at all? Who's going
2: to be starting this
3: week? Is it going to had- definitely
2: be a bullpen start? Uh, I had price. Uh, I had price in my conditionals, kind of a ways down. I didn't actually get him. Okay. Um, I just don't think he's going to throw in enough innings. He threw. Uh, he threw thirty pitches over two simulated innings on Friday. Um, I think he's probably going to be like a piggyback kind of guy. I guess it would be on next Friday when he does. But I think he'll get like kind of a middle innings. I would guess maybe they try and throw him three or four. My guess. So I, I wanted to pick him up, but I had him way down in conditionals because it's so it's hard to kind of time that win, but. You, the, the, the interesting part is, is like if he looks really good. What do they do the week after when Gonsolin comes back? They really sound like they want to ramp him up. So I think Gonsolin will slide in, and Price will go back to the bullpen. But the interesting what happens if like Price comes out and throws four really clean innings? Uh, what they do the week after that, or if Gonsolin Price piggyback back with each other? So they ha- they do have options. I found the bullpen game kind of interesting today. I guess that you know they didn't really need to. They had Walker Bueller on full rest, but they pushed him back. I guess they were just like, they figured they had, at some point they had to throw a bullpen game, so they might as well do it now. But that's the second week in a row if you do play, and you know. Like a, a salary cap league where, you know, two steps really matter. You have other really good options. Yeah. And in, in a deeper draft league, like you're not sitting Bueller anyway, but in, it's the second week in a row where Bueller was supposed to throw twice and didn't. So, but they play seven games next week. So I'm sure they were just trying to figure out, uh, they had to throw a bullpen game in there somewhere. They figured today was a good day. But um, it's interesting. They, they, for all their talk about, we need to win and start get going. Um, they're still managing this. Like they, uh, they're going to be fine in the regular season. Did you uh, play the diamond challenge this year? I did. I have not started especially well. It's a wild wild challenge here cuz everybody's pitching is insane. There's teams with like yeah. ERAs in the 1.8, 1.9 range cuz you just you throw six good stars every week. I had a couple of a uh, a couple of bad starts early on. And I'm finding it hard to catch up in there. But obviously a long way to go. Um, I wondered about Freddie Peralta last week, and I didn't. He's listed as a reliever, and I—it's oh, no. hard to do because it's hard to do because then you're suddenly like some weeks you're you're only playing three closers that way uh, to six four split, and there's there's but one of those it's actually a seven uh, a six three and then a swing spot, so um, it's kind of hard to throw relievers or starters relievers sometimes. But uh, after that two start week, I sure wish i had done it because he was awesome this week.
3: Yeah, so the the thread I've seen going around Twitter this week is Freddie Peralta and Ace. Has he graduated to that level? I mean, you know, he wasn't even, like, graduated into the starting rotation. It's like the exact same Corbin Burns path as last year, where you didn't know if he was in the rotation until late in spring training. Even in the case of Burns, actually, he wasn't in the rotation until, like, a week into the season.
2: Yep. And now all of a sudden he's a top starter. Is he there for you? He's probably right behind that first year for me, but he sure is darn close. I mean, he's he's funny. You watch him pitch. I mean, the slider is just so nasty. It's just a matter if he can, you know, it's been what, uh, you know, seven, seven, eight starts. Can he, can he really be a two, a, a two pitch guy? and be a starter for the rest of the way. Cause he pretty, he throws a few changeups, a few curveballs, but he's pretty much fastball slider. I was surprised. I looked at him earlier. His fastball is only 93. He just seems like he throws a lot harder than that for some reason. Um, I think it's just cause he, he, the stuff kind of jumps on hitters. And they look like it's later than the later and mm-hmm. faster than it is. They're late on stuff. But I mean, that slider 45% whiff rate, the fastball is a 32 and a half percent whiff rate. You don't see that on too many fastballs. So obviously it does something right. Despite the, you know, not elite, elite velocity, but yeah, I mean he's right. Uh, he's right on that verge for me. I have him at one of my main events, and he's kind of just picked up the Luis Castillo slack. We were st- we were talking earlier huh. that my Luis Castillo team is actually doing pretty well. It's not winning the league, but it's over 100 points. It's kind of sick to think about if I taken anybody there. But you know, when you take Freddie Peralta, Peralta later. You know, it kind of makes up for uh, the Luis Castillo bashings that I incur
4: every week.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing is like you have Castillo as your problem. I've got Giolito in the league and I know we're going to talk about him too. It's we are. you know we we've had the think pieces, the verbal think pieces. What's wrong with this guy? Well, Giolito's kind of entering that territory, but the thing is there's been so many other good pitching performances you can almost make up for it a little bit there.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Almost. Almost. Just,
3: what do you dare w- to dream about what would be life be with you Took someone, anybody, literally anybody else but Castillo there in that second round spot. Because
2: ideally, you have, you know, Bueller, Scherzer, or Wooder for Burns, and then you have. On top of it, and that's how you you know compete for overalls and that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's May sixteenth. I'm not giving up on Castillo yet. It's been very frustrating. It's been rough. But I mean, I saw he got dropped in one main event today. So finally, someone had enough. I guess they figured if they weren't going to throw him for two home starts this week, I think the Reds are home for both those games. If they're not going to throw him for two starts this week. Then why use them? But um, right. yeah. I mean, there's I, I'm nowhere near even considering that. I'm not I'm not even considering benching him yet. If he struggles twice this week, I might start thinking about the bench. But uh, I'm nowhere near dropping him. That's for sure. Yeah, well, you get to watch that
3: one really closely next Sunday because it's Peralta versus Castillo, so that should be fun. Oh, That is going to be a fun game. Yeah, and it's just—and it's not just the pitchers in the second round. It's almost anybody in the second round would have been, you know, look at Bo Bichette and what he's doing uh, yeah. as, as just an example there. Yeah, that's a poor salt in the wound, but no. You know but what I'm saying.
2: Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper were the guys kind of in that uh, first half of the second round. I guess Adelberto Mondesi is the one guy that uh, you know, if it took a hitter, it really wouldn't have worked very well, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It's one of those things that, when we see in August, you know, maybe Castillo runs off a nice uh, set of starts here. I saw a stat earlier today where he's really struggling putting away guys with two strikes, which, you know, from my eye test, I've watched a lot of his starts and I've seen that too. And it just seems like he gets two strikes and just can't put guys away. Whereas before last year, you know, you got two strikes, you're kind of dead and he just kind of had you and had you where he wanted you.
3: Yeah. Well, and I'll go into further detail. It's his put away pitches, the changeup. Yep. And you know, two starts ago against Cleveland, he had one, that's, that's one swing and miss on his changeup. It if that's seems, your go-to it pitch. Seems
2: impossible considering the numbers he's had in that last couple of years. Yeah.
3: Well, it's lost two miles and it's, it's just the placement. You know, you, the thing is, okay, you've diagnosed the problem. What are you going to do to fix it? Well, go, going to to Coors Field. Isn't a really good idea to, to try to fix that. So that's part of the issue. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and he's always been a slow starter. He's always been like a, I hate pitching in, in cold weather type of guy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't guarantee perfect conditions though either. I mean, just right. gotta pitch and if,
2: through it. If I you're mean, gonna be if you're gonna be one of those dudes, you've gotta be able to pitch in all kinds. I mean, you can't just pitch when it's 85 and, and warm. You know, it's gotta be you gotta be if you wanna take that step up and be one of those guys, you gotta be able to I mean Max Scherzer goes out in fifty-three degrees and he's out there battling no matter what. So it's uh yeah, he's a young guy. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. The next uh the next like four or five starts should be fascinating.
3: So let me ask you this if castillo is dropped and if say it was your league i know it wasn't but say if it was in your league where he was dropped how much are you bidding on him next week in free I'd agency
2: be, i'd be super aggressive i just think that the, the the amount of upside in that profile is something you won't see on fab the rest of the year
3: i agree i agree uh i i i'd be you know and Now the thing is, we'll have the luxury of not one but two starts uh, to see this week, which also means you missed out on a two star week. That's the part that's crazy about this all.
2: Yeah, if he if he somehow you know comes out and throws two gems, I mean, he's going for five six hundred bucks next week.
3: Yeah, Uh, I think that's right. And uh, well, I. I know I wouldn't pay doing five, six hundred bucks because I don't really have that to spend in my main. So, at least if you'd been,
2: you haven't bought much and you're kind of middling and he comes out and throws two good starts, like, why wouldn't you just unload at that point and try and make a run? Right.
3: Yeah. uh, That's the way I feel. Um, So, that's, yeah, a, good, that's I, a
2: good that's a good segue into Fab though, because we uh we are yeah. there. Um pitching was uh pitching was really tough this week because I kind of I, I, I needed I needed starters in a couple leagues and I found it hard to find guys that I was even remotely interested in starting. Uh, I guess the first thing we gotta talk about is Logan Gilbert. He was not available in either my main events or my online, I don't believe. Um obviously he was really. In the big I, I think he was gone in both of them, yeah.
3: That's impressive, I gotta say.
2: I drafted really close to the season. I think there was some there was some buzz about him in spring training, so that probably uh, impacted that a little bit, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's impressive
3: in the mains too, because I mean, it's hard to hold a starting pitcher stash for that you don't have a you know. De- like a defined return date, you know, for that long a time. I can see maybe a week or two, but I'm amazed that they held him on throughout like the alternate w- training site and all that stuff. But
2: he was 72% owned in Maine entering yeah. tonight. So it was it was about, you know, almost two, about two thirds of the league. Was he available on yours?
3: One of the two. Uh the the three twenty seven, the Vegas league, And uh, he was available and he went for two seventy seven. I was, was gonna, I was gonna second guess somewhat of one twenty five.
2: Uh, How do you feel about him? Because it's funny. I mean, everybody was so excited, and then everybody watched the start and like, oh, he doesn't really look very good. And he kind of just threw some flat fastballs, leaving stuff up, a lot of stuff in the middle of the zone. Um, Give it four earned runs, two home runs. Did have five strikeouts and no walks in his four innings. Obviously, he's the top Mariners starting pitcher prospect Mm -hmm. in 2019 in the minors, had a 2.13 ERA across uh, like 135 innings. was really good. That was across A and AA, Uh, 11 Ks per nine, low twos, walk per nine. Uh, did you watch, Did you wait? Did you get a chance to watch the start? Were you unimp- as unimpressed as kind of everybody else was? You know, I, it's I
3: graded it on the curve. I mean, the thing yeah. is, we saw you know we saw his start, we saw uh, Lynch's start for KC. The first, the three starts from him, and you know, I think the reaction is to kind of group them together, like I just did right now. Yeah. Uh, but they're different. Lynch was all over the place. His command was all over the place, and maybe you know he gets a tighter strike zone. But you know, at least Gilbert wasn't wasn't walking anybody. Uh, yeah. I think. Plus, I think he's got a slightly better team behind him in Seattle too. I think that helps. I was I wanted him, but not. I wasn't going hard after him either. If that makes sense. I, I assume that means you weren't you weren't the backup bit either then. I was not. No. Okay. Uh, the the other thing too. I mean, you look at them and uh, the Mariners they have the six man rotation. I think that's a real drag. I mean, you're never getting two-start weeks. Never. It,
2: it's funny. I I liked Kikuchi and Justice Sheffield a lot, and it's been frustrating. I mean, Sheffield hasn't been very good, but it's been frustrating. Mm-hmm. Every time you look up, you're like, oh, Kikuchi pitched on Monday. We're going to get two-start week this week. You're like, oh, they have an off day, so he's not <laughs> pitching twice this week. So it's uh, – right. It's been tough. I mean, obviously, if he has a good start in a one-start week, that's fine. But you do want those two-start weeks, especially a guy that you know is probably in a twelve or is towards the the backer end of your rotation, and that makes a difference. And you end up, then you end up sitting him for one and playing someone else for two, and he pitches well, and it's frustrating. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, mm-hmm. six-man rotation is, is is it's it's tough and it's real. It's uh, you just you're going to get less starts, which matters.
3: Yeah, uh, and you know it's between the, the 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 AL West is like the graveyard for two-start pitchers. I mean, between the Angels and the Mariners. The the Rangers doing their tandem starter thing. It makes it really difficult to get the innings you're looking for. And, you know, your A's, I know we're going to talk about one of those guys coming up soon. The Astros are going to be great candidates, by the way, for having six starters when they get everybody back. And they're already kind of that way with Odorizzi coming back. I've got a couple of places where I've got Luis Garcia and Christian Javier, and I'm a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's just when they get everybody back, it's going to be pretty tight.
2: It's tough though, because with them, like you just you don't want you don't want to miss McCullers and Granky starts, and Granky probably wants to stay on. But you're right; they do have enough guys that they could definitely do it. I just wonder, I wonder what they do, because I have to think a couple of those guys they want to throw every fifth day.
3: Yeah, I, I'll say this though: they they do get Urquidy back. Yep. Um, I mean, they I mean I should say they just lost Urquidy, and I don't know when they're going to get Urquidy back. So when they do get Framber back to start, okay, well that that still gives them a little bit of time. Once they get Urquidy back, though. One of Javier or Garcia is out, and they're both good pitchers. I mean, I'd hate, I hate to lose that,
2: for sure. You can totally see that both be really good on the bullpen, probably as a multi-inning guy too. So there's yeah. a, there's value to the Astros, but that would make it uh, fantasy-wise, it makes it uh, a lot less valuable for sure.
3: They're going to go into raise land here, uh, which hey, if you get the the second, the primary reliever instead of the opener, great. Yeah, uh, it's just you don't know every any given week. I mean, yeah. this, the Rays. I, I saw. I think you were on Twitter talking about this. Do we know when Yarborough's starting? No, we don't. Is he, is it today? No, I don't know yet.
2: And then he pitched really well, but it was, you know, three middle innings against the Yankees. He threw three shutout innings, but yeah. you look at that. and You're like, oh, I got three shutout innings. That's great. That's a lot better than some of the other blowups out there, but like, no, no chance for a win, no chance for a save. And it's just, you, there's only so many times you can throw that right. and hope it kind of fits right. I mean, if they start him, then he throws three or four innings and then you're really screwed. But he goes, he's supposed to go twice this week. Uh, are you using him? Cause I, I think I, um, Actually, no. They pushed it back. Now Patino is going to start on Tuesday. So yeah. now Yarbrough's back to the same thing. One, one illustrating the point
3: quite adeptly yeah. there, uh, in, it's,
2: in in real time too.
3: Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, well, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I've got McLannan. I like the pitchers. I like Patino. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Patino, right? I think they just. Yes. Uh, I think it's because uh, they don't have the in. We don't have the inye in there instead of yes. the in. So Patino. Uh, but, there you go. Yeah, but you know. Dick Mountain's pitching well now. All of a yep. sudden, Glasgow's not going to move. I love McClanahan. I like Fleming. Fleming threw a nice little five inning gem today. That was ideal. I, mean, I don't even see. You know, you know, it's again really hard to get two starts out of any of these guys.
2: It is. I mean, it's funny. We talked about uh, you know Gilbert and and Lynch, and I thought Gilbert was going to come out and like look like McClanahan did because McClanahan looked so good in that first. I get you so excited. So. Um, I wonder. It obviously, to keep the price down in your league, it'll be interesting to see see his next start, though. But let's stay in the division. Uh, James Caprillion came up and pitched for the A's this weekend um, with uh, with Mike Fires back uh, back out. The A's have had a little bit of injuries uh, injuries in their rotation. Also, uh, he kind of danced through some raindrops. Like the at the ending mm-hmm. line was good, but the first inning was scary. He Loaded the base with no outs. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Then he settled in nicely. The second, third and fourth was really nice in the fifth. And he got in a bunch of trouble and got through it. Um, But five innings, three walks, six strikeouts, one earned run, one of those guys that we've kind of been waiting on hearing about forever. He was in the, uh, he was in the A's trip of the Yankees for Sonny Gray. They got him and Dustin Fowler. Obviously Dustin Fowler is somewhere else right now. didn't work, but, uh, Caprillion had Tommy John in 2017, just had struggled to really get going. Uh, in 2019 through 68 innings across three levels was pretty good. 3.18 ERA strikeout per nine at 9.9. Um, he looked good to me in terms of stuff and makeup, but you know, you just I don't know how much we're ever going to get much more than five innings. But you know, it could have been really bad. And it could have been one of those starts, like oh my god, we don't want this guy. But I thought uh, I thought he showed me something. I had some small bids in on him. It's weird. I had bid like the 30s or something because I was desperate. I needed some starters, and I, in one of my mains, I got outbid. And one of the mains, there was no backup. So there's just there's no way <laughs> yeah. to really know exactly what to bid. Good good luck trying to figure out bid prices this year. Uh,
3: exactly, and that's not even talking about the 12s. Yeah, uh, 12s is- are.
2: Twelves are wild.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I,
2: I, saw, I saw Tommy Pham going to twelve this week for nine dollars. I, I I don't even know what to think about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I have no answers there. I mean, that's and I, you know the thing is you, sometimes you don't even notice that they're available. That's yeah. the weird part about that. And it just shows that hey, take a look, just take yep. one minute per league and look at the drops. Yep. Something catches your eye, make a little bookmark on them, come back to them. You can always delete a bit. You're gonna On come the, back in on the flip
2: side, just make sure you click that percentage owned column because it shows percentage owned across the whole contest. Yeah. And if someone someone will jump out to you, I had uh, I had Frankie Montas and Yusuke Kikuchi available in one of my online. They both got dropped last week, and they're both ninety seven percent. As you and you click that percentage button, I mean those guys jump off the page. Is so highly owned that it's, it's tough to miss them.
3: Yeah, but Caprillion was easy to miss. You know, yes. he was probably zero owned, zero and, percent. And he only owned. had one start. Yep, and so that you know you really have to dig on him you really have to know and they're skipping him so he doesn't face the astros which honestly totally
2: good with yeah um, i wasn't good. i wasn't i wasn't throwing that start so the fact that I mean, they have an off day on monday so just did it but yeah. um i don't know i think he has a little bit of a chance to stick i think that mike fires um we don't really know what's going on there at the moment um Lazardo's kind of throwing from 60 feet but not off a mound yet i think we're yeah three to four weeks away, at least there, and they're going to be careful with him. So I think he's got a little bit of a runway here to maybe make, you know, four, maybe five starts in the rotation. And if he pitches really well, uh, maybe they figure out a way that, uh, you know, he, maybe he's just better than Mike fires. And, you know, that doesn't, that's not a huge step or someone else gets hurt. Um, you know, Cole Irvin's been fantastic. So I don't think he's moving anytime soon, but right. um, so once, uh, once the comes back, it's tough to fit everybody in, but I think we're a ways away from that right now.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and yeah, I mean the thing is I, I think I had Caprillion in a keeper league like two years ago and finally gave up on him. And of course, now it's a score sheet league. So that that that's the thing. It's like okay, I probably could have gone after him here, but I don't know. Um I I I was very calm on my bids there and I didn't get them.
2: Yeah, I was pretty calm too. I bumped him up a little bit late just because I there were no starters that I wanted. Um so look at the two-start guys. There are a couple of guys I noted down here on our on our rundown, Zach Davies and John Lester. Um, as I looked into both of them, I got away from both of them pretty darn quickly. Especially Lester, there was nothing that I liked. And if you want to do uh, a, if you want to go with Davies, you know you can kind of look at twenty twenty and twenty nineteen and, and you know buy in there. But you know the the walk the K rate's down to thirteen percent. The walks are way up. I, there was enough Davies here that uh, you know at St. Louis against Washington, the matchup, I wasn't jumping to the matchups either. I stayed away from both guys. Were you in on either one of them? Well, this is where I admit Or do you, it. Or do you own Zach Davies everywhere still?
3: No, I I I well, I do have them in one league, but I've I cut them in another. I did pick up Lester this week in one league. Uh I don't know. Oh, uh, two stars? Do you want Do
2: you want to sell me on it?
3: Not really. I mean, all right. It's it's <laughs> against the Cubs and uh home starting at the Cubs and home start against Baltimore. Yep. It was like our fourth bid and it was he does have those two starts. Shu and I got him in one of our two leagues, and I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah, it, it was like kind of the last contingency guy, and it, we happened to get him. Got him for a buck. Uh, thanked and dismissed Martin Perez for his nice last two weeks. That was and a nice, you know,
2: nice, nice two starts this week. That was a nice pickup.
3: Yeah, it worked out well. Um, but you just can't – And this is going to be a one-and-done with Lester, I'm sure – but we could get gombert on this one, especially against the Cubs. That is kind of scary.
2: The Cubs one scares me. I get you. You go with veteran Guile here. You're figuring out that he just figures how to get guys out. I mean, his his mm-hmm. velo's down to 88 and a half. The K rate's at 15%. There was a not a lot there that I was like, oh, I just can't do it. Um, I also don't like John Lester, so there's that too. I don't really want to root why? for. Why? I don't understand why Scott. Because we gave him a, we gave him seven runs in a wild card one game playoff, and he couldn't even. We traded for him to be that guy. Gave him seven runs. And he lost the game. So yeah. hey, someone just stole a base. I, I, I oh think my, I heard. Don't even. Terrence Gore nightmares <laughs> in my head somewhere. Jared Dyson must have had nineteen steals in that game. Oh yeah, I just think like, you know he was gonna be the ace. Like he traded Cespedes for him, and he gave me, you give him seven runs in a game. Like that, that's got to be a win if he's gonna be your guy. And uh, you know, Brandon Moss had five RBIs, two home runs that game. That was a nightmare game that the Salvi Perez played. And they, they actually took the lead back in the 10th. Uh, who was, uh, Alberto Caspo got a hit to uh, give him the lead. And I'm like, I can't believe they're going to end up winning this game. And then just disaster in the 10th. It was it was awful. Can't blame that on Lester in the 10th, though, can you? No, but he's pitching. He pitched like seven to third and gave seven runs or something like that. It was terrible. Like, he gave you on. length. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Did you blame the manager for having him go that deep into a game? How does he give oh, up I'm- seven runs? I'm sh- I think it was like seven to four on the eighth. He came out and gave three runs really fast. Right? Why is he coming out? I mean, I guess, you know, that's the
3: analytical edge hadn't really kicked in at that point yeah. in time. I mean, you like don't, his, that's asking too much out of the starter. That's not Lester's fault.
2: It was that year where they were they were the absolute best team in baseball at the All Star break, had something like eight All Stars, and then couldn't win a game for like, and barely, they lost the division, barely snuck in. I don't think they trusted anybody in the bullpen then. It was just a, one of those years that we thought, halfway through, I was pretty sure we we're going to go to the World Series. And then at the end, I just wanted the season to end, and mercifully it did. I think John Lester needs a hug from you. Yeah. Um, I, don't think, I so. think you
3: need to realize that, oh, we just hadn't gotten
2: through that whole third time through the order. <laughs> there thing you go. Yet. Uh, was there anybody else two start wise you liked like Mike Fulton, has two. I looked and it was against the Yankees and Astros. And I quickly crossed him off my legal pad there. Was there anybody else that you were um, even considering? Cause I, I could not find many two-star guys that I even wanted to get near this week. Um, uh, pulling mine
3: up now to see it. Casey Mize. Actually. I liked almost as much as Logan Gilbert, maybe even more.
2: I'm i uh, I'm a surprised by how you, Guys, Casey Mize is striking out. His strikeout is down to sixteen uh, yeah. percent. Walk rates about ten percent. I just, I think he's okay. I think that uh, you know that's a that's probably a decent one. Who does he face? Uh, he faces the, uh, the the Mariners and the Royals. The matchups work well. Um, yeah. You know better than the other ones we've talked about. I wasn't super excited about. it. I didn't have him available in any league, so I did not really have to think about it too much. He was gone in both my twelves and 15s. but uh, I don't know. I was a little. I was a little surprised by how low the strikeouts have been so far. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. I
3: hear you. I just think the stuff is there, and at some point, strikeouts come. May not. It might not be this year. That's, yeah. that's the thing. But um, I, I, I saw that as a possibility of like someone I could use. We don't, we didn't get him. We got outbid, bid, so that's fine. But uh,
2: was he, he, he available? He, was he available in Maine?
3: Yeah, oh, uh, he was. He, go a bit,
2: for? he went for forty
3: three, and we had the second place bid of twenty six. And I'm looking to see if he was available in the other one. No, he was not available in the other Maine
2: yeah he was uh, he was taken in mind I, I would have i he would have been uh, i would definitely would have had him above above davies and lester for sure yeah uh, let's jump into the bullpens a little bit. We don't have a, yes. you know anybody that rolled into like a, uh, a closer job or anything at all this week. But uh, Michael Fulmer was popular. I uh, We talked about him I think two or three weeks ago when he had two starts. And I really liked him. I like the stuff. The velocity's up. He's, uh, he's actually looked really good. Strikeout rate is up to uh, a career high 22.3%. The walks are down a little bit. Um, I actually dropped him last week. And I have much regret about that. He was kind of pitching in middle relief and coming in as a piggyback guy and I just couldn't use him. But this week, he came in for Gregory Soto when he blew up and got a save, and then he pitched in the last two innings of the game on Saturday night and got a win, and he, he shut it down. They scored, and then he shut it down. I think he gave one run, but it wasn't his run. It was the, the runner on second. So the, it was ghost runner. Run run. Yeah. the ghost The ghost runner scored. Um, tell you what, he's interesting right now. He went for a lot of money in my main event. I tried to get him back, and he went for over 130 – or he went for 126. Um, so I, I felt a lot of regret. You dropped someone to go for 126 the next week, but he's throwing more change-ups kind of like he did when he used to, when he was good. Uh, you know, I think he was rookie of the year, wasn't he? I think he was rookie of the year. Um, but he's throwing a lot mm-hmm. more sliders. He's throwing 32% sliders, 8% more than his career average. He's changed his pitch mix. He's throwing harder. Um, I really look how he, I really like how he looks right now. And I think he should be closing for them. And I think he might, he might get into that role and kind of, kind of run with it for a little bit. Yeah.
3: Only available in one of my two mains. Uh, the one where he was available he went for 80 with a yep. second place bit of 74. Uh was my second choice this week, but uh, just because I'm not quite sure whether it's going to be him or Soto for the next chance, but uh, he is pitching better than Soto. Soto's got a great fastball, but he just has no clue where it's going. Yeah. Uh you know, he he he's actually like hit the ball win a free dinner sort of guy. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, you know, it, it's 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 really wild. I think he has the highest, like the tallest recorded pitch. Uh, <laughs> I the saw that one season. That pitch was that, awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. But that pitch was uh, like the
2: he, little Statcast, uh, you know, the old Fox Hockey uh, puck streamer right. thing with the thing was was awesome. It just like fully went off the screen. It was beautiful. It was, and I uh, I think they'd like to use him. I just don't think they want to use him as a closer right now. I mean, the the walks are insane. What is he? Sixteen percent walk rate, seven, something like seven point three per nine. It's really high. I think they'd love to bring him in, like to gas guys and strike guys out in the seventh and eighth, and use somebody, uh, you know, probably a right hander. They, you know, so does lefty and Fulmer coming. Brian Garcia is not the answer. I think we're were pretty clear there. But uh, it seems like Fulmer's got a chance to to maybe take a take a, a good chunk of this job, though.
3: Yeah, he does. Now the question is, how many saves is that worth? You know, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit's not as dreadful as they were a couple of weeks ago offensively. Uh, and some you know, if you streamed against them, you actually kind of had some, you know, mixed results, some disappointing results mixed in there. So, um, yeah, uh, including the, the aforementioned Daniel Lynch, who had a pretty bad, you know, they they got. I think they swept the Royals. In fact, now that I think about it, but uh, yeah, I. So maybe they are okay. Maybe there's some opportunities there, but I I did bid on him, and you know, Shu and I need a closer in our second main, pretty bad. Actually, we're probably doing our first too. You never, you never don't need a yeah. Closer you never don't need closer. So main. you
2: mentioned that he was your second choice. Was your first choice, a Hansel Robles?
3: It was, right. and it's so funny because. So I went to my daughter's confirmation today. So I had to like stop doing the bidding myself around like 4.30 or so. Got off the phone with Shu. Um, and then I like text him like, hey, can you double check to make sure Rollis isn't available? And then I go, and he showed me, you know, so I put it in. I go, can you put him up to 39? And just, that was kind of just a number I thought of. So he did that. We won 39 to 38. So oh, that, that was pretty beautiful. cool. That's beautiful. Now he's got to be actually okay, but he did get the save on Saturday. Uh, and the thing I like is, you know, column A is, is, relegated to all sorts of junk relief. Um, And Rogers is struggling lately. Gave up the game winner today. I think he's given up runs in his last four. So Robles warts and all, I think is the guy that gets the next chance. And I better,
2: I better go check that game winner today. Cause the, the replay crew may still take it away at some point. So they may, they may <laughs> change the final score of that game.
3: Oh, you're so salty about A's <laughs> replay. It's beautiful, but it's true. You've it been is. so hardly screwed.
2: Even Chapman yeah. had like a, a quote about it after the game it was pretty funny, but well, and Bass is like, I, I,
3: don't want to elaborate too much because right. I'm going to get in trouble because I exactly. he got screwed directly and I'm you know as, as, and indirectly we got screwed although yeah. I <laughs> think tend to think of it as we got screwed directly and his was
2: indirectly but, I do there you go um, so Robles is interesting I mean the, the strikeouts are good he was obviously really good in 2019 with the Angels mm-hmm. saved to 20 something games. Um, it's, it's You look at 2019; that was the one year where you got the walks under control. The walks were like 5.7 percent that season. He's up again this year, and there was the one thing that pulled me back off him a little bit. You know, I don't know what the role is going to be here. It's, it's clear that um, you know they, they want to find someone, and like you said, you mm-hmm. kind of laid it out with Rodgers and, and, and Colome. Uh, do the walks scare you? And if so, how much? They they worry me. Uh, I like
3: that he struck out, he struck out six batters in the last two and two thirds to kind of yeah. make up for that a little bit. Uh, but, but here's my problem. I mean, I had to kind of push those worries aside. We need
2: somebody else. Shu and I have Jake McGee Oof. and that's getting a little dicey. To say I the think, least, I think uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's more than a little dicey right now, just because Tyler Rogers keeps keeps pitching so well. Did
3: right? Yeah, Rogers got the save today. Did not he?
2: He did. I don't. I, I think McGee was probably not available. I think he pitched the last two days. But yeah, so
3: McGee got screwed on Friday. He really shouldn't have been blamed for that one. He should he have been p- able to start really that down. inning.
0: Yeah.
3: He struck out the side after that, I and mean, so I, I really can't blame him. But then Saturday in the extra inning game, he gives up the t- the, the, the the two run bomb to lose the game, and yeah. That's not great. And Rogers, and Rogers got the save on Thursday, which yep. was not, and this was following a rest day on Wednesday. It wasn't like he was like, you know, McGee wasn't available. It's just Rogers pitched, Uh, and Rogers got a 0.76 ERA. So yeah, I've got a half a closer in McGee. We've got Amir Garrett as kind of a stash. He pit who, by the way, Amir Garrett has pitched pretty well the last three weeks. And he came was off, he came
2: the, off suspension today and pitched uh, had a squirrel sitting with two strikeouts. Yep. I actually, uh, I had him for four bucks in one of my main events. Just kind of a, uh, I don't know what, I don't know who's going to get it next. So give me, give me the cheapest guy that's pitching well right now.
3: David Bell doesn't even know who's going to yeah. get it next. Uh, that's, that's Antone, Antone has pitched two days in a row uh, and got the save today. Sims actually pitched pretty well on Saturday. He that, that was the 12 inning game. In the 11th inning, it was his second inning of work. He had one walk and then a double plus the ghost runner and it's course field. And then he came back and struck out the next two guys to get out of the inning. And David Bell goes, mark this down. He pitched well. And so that's you like when the manager says something like that, I wouldn't be surprised if Sims you know, pitches. Now they got seven games this week, no rest after a course field series. Uh, that's kind of noteworthy. Um, I, I think it's some, some combination, but Garrett's in the mix, I think. I know he's been pitching in lower leverage situations, but he's pitching himself into the mix. I think he'll be there eventually. So hold on to Garrett if you have him. I think that was a good pickup by you. We grabbed him for a little bit more last week and won, and we needed it, 19-17. to 17. Then, you know, pitches one game against Pittsburgh, and then they say, okay, well, we've agreed on a reduction of the suspension from seven to five. I'm like, you know what? Missed three games in Coors Field. You know it sucks that it's on my active roster, but still, uh, I'll take that. But now at least, but I'm probably going to stash him this week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. But
2: the yeah, funny, thing, the funny thing with with the red situation is, is Sims and uh, Garrett were available in my main events. Uh, Garrett went for four. Sims went for one thirty four. And that's kind
3: of welcome to 2021. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of randomness baked in there. So I. It, my I will, rambling, I say, way of saying I had, is, I had, I, had I had to take had a sim, chance on somebody. I had yeah.
2: Sims higher. I will say that yeah. I had sims higher. I got I did outbid, too. but um, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting there. Uh, the thing with Robles, it's really you know kind of the one selling point is you look at 2019, and he didn't mm-hmm. just get 23 saves. He was really really good. He struck yeah. guys out. He didn't walk guys. Um, he didn't give up home runs. Uh, you look at uh, you look at everything there. He had a 2.48 I mean, He was just a really good pitcher that year. We none of us believed it for a while. And then by midseason, everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy's pitching really well. So you if you're going to pick up somebody, at least give me someone that has shown it before and done it in the ninth inning, you know he can handle it. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins kind of gave him a uh, you know two or three saves in a row and see what happens.
3: Yeah it, yeah, it might take him three months to get those two or three saves in a row, but uh,
0: I'm sorry. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: terrible. Unless, but, uh, unless unless Jake Deakman just automatically pitches against them every because the boy they owned him this weekend.
3: Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Uh, Robles, you know, the thing is if his bad season also is the weird 2020 season where he lost velocity but how many people came back off that long yeah. extended break and weren't the same? I mean, I get I get it.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm good tossing that and seeing if uh, you know 2021 can look more like 2019 and if he doesn't, you know after 3 or you know 2 3 weeks or whatever a couple saves then you kind of dump him. I mean it's uh it's uh, I think it's a good spec.
3: Yeah. So uh and I'm, I got the price right at least so there's that.
2: All right, I want to get into some offense, but first a note from our sponsors.
1: Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits.
2: So Jeff, I want to ask you about uh, Jonathan India he, since he is on your Reds. Who's uh, you know had been dropped in a bunch of leagues. He struggled. He started well, then struggled, then got hurt. He was available in a lot of spots, second and third eligible. Uh, homered twice over the weekend in Coors. Um, how are you feeling about India at the moment as a Reds fan?
3: We tried to boot and rally with him a little bit in the uh, the Vegas main, but honestly, I'm I'm okay getting out outbid by him. Well, uh, it was by uh, Mike the Mouth that got him on this one here. I, I, and the thing is, I, I, we needed one more bat, but I really didn't want to go to the, the hilt on this one here because he's not playing necessarily every day. And once Joey Votto comes back, uh, that gets squeezed even more. Farmers in the mix. They're playing Senzel in the infield now. Yep. Uh, and I think that's the big worry point for India is Senzel's played a number of games a second and played at third today. Yep. Uh, I, and, and you know what? He did well in court. great. I don't know if how much power he really do, totally has, though.
2: Yeah, I had a, I had a small bid in on him, but I got outbid, and I was kind of the same boat. Like if I if I got him for the price, I was going to use him in the multi-position stuff and kind of move him around. Like you mentioned, they have seven home games this week, so I would have used him this week. But I was kind of in the same boat there. Yeah. Offense, we talked about starters, and offense was kind of tough to find this week too. Um, Brendan Rogers, you have any interested there? He's a chance to be active at the end of the month. I, I just look at the Rockies, and I just don't know where he's going to play, how that's going to work, how their situation is going to play out once he gets uh, if if the if they call him up uh, right when he's healthy. I'm intrigued, except I don't
3: trust the Rockies and playing yeah. them every day. Um, especially, you know, Fuentes is coming off an amazing week. Yeah, he was really uh, good. I think that hurts him a little bit. Uh, Connor Joe is now becoming a cult hero uh, because, he of course, he is. He has his own uh,
2: section. He has his own section at Coors Field now. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. I
3: yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't um, Yeah, so that, that's fine. Um, so that that these are all drags on his value a little bit there uh, on Rogers' value. I, you know, granted they trade story. And I think that's where the speculation really comes in. You get the second half of the season, or at least the last couple months when it's prime hitting time in course field. Yep. So I get that. Uh, and yep. we have, we haven't had prime hitting time course field much this year. This earlier this past week, we had a snow out. Yep. I mean, it had got to
2: keep that in mind. What a long season we've got here. Yep. It feels like we've been playing for a while, and we're a quarter of the way in the season. So it's uh, you know, last year we'd be coming down to the home stretch. So this is a, a whole nother animal here. Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about the Dodgers a little bit earlier with all their injuries. Uh, Matt Beatty uh, should play a bunch now, whether it be in a corner outfield, whether it be at first base. You know, they may move. Uh, they could move months around. There's a lot. Of, they have a lot of moving parts right now, but they don't have a lot of healthy parts. So like you know, Rayleigh's getting at bats. They're just getting a lot of guys that are playing that you didn't expect, but. You look at Beatty, and he's, he's pretty, just a pretty good hitter. You look at his minor league, and he's got always a good average in the minors. Um, in 2019, he played a bunch. He had 268 plate appearances. They had some other injuries. He hit 265, nine mm-hmm. home runs, uh, threw in five stolen bases. He was really bad last year, but his 54 plate appearances and kind of interspersed in a bunch of stuff. I don't think we can carry too much there. He's hit 327 so far this year, only one home run. He feels to me like a guy – in a 15-teamer who's not going to hurt you, might help you a little bit based on the lineup around him. Uh, Not someone I'm super excited about, but I think he's playable with the first and outfield eligibility.
3: Yeah, um, I I think you're right about that. Uh, I I dislike that the Dodgers went out and acquired not one but two stiffs to try to uh, displace him at one of the positions he played.
2: Odd week for the Dodgers. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I maybe maybe Pool's going to come in and mentor everybody, but it's just weird that the whole thing in Anaheim was like he didn't want to be there and he's going to play every day, and now he's in a spot where he's definitely not going to play. Every
3: day. So I'm I'm kind of a mixed emotions on Pool. I mean, I I know some people that have had personal interactions with him that speak really highly of him. He yeah. was on our show. Uh, listen, I interviewed him maybe That's ten awesome. years ago, nice. and he was super nice. Um, I've also seen other people have had not so great interactions with him and the whole like causing a scene when it's obvious, he's not the best player that, you know, he's demanding to play every day at first base and Jared Walsh is playing out of position to accommodate him. It's just, you know, it's not great. And that that's the thing I don't like. So I don't know. I'm kind of like, I I'm kind of divided on that. I don't know what he's going to mentor. And he also just, you know, all this talk about, you know, No, I'm not even, I'm just going to move on. I just, I don't know how great it's, how much he's going to help the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, I don't either. And Satsugo, you know, there was a lot of people that liked him coming this year. Has been really bad too. But it's it was a weird, weird, strange week there. But sticking the NL West, uh, what does one do right now with, with Dalton Navarro? He is uh, he was available in some leagues, catcher <laughs> eligible with speed, which is always something that everybody wants to jump at. You know, you look at uh, 2019 in Double A, he had 18 home runs, 21 stolen bases. He's got a he got called up last year and wasn't good. He got he's he's not been good so far this year. Uh, the, the D-backs just have a ton of injuries on offense. I mean, uh, just this week they lost. Dribble Cabrera, they lost Christian Walker again. They lost Carson Kelly, although that's gonna be sounds like it be short term, but still like mm-hmm. a toe, a toe fracture. And I wonder, you know, how quick he can actually catch. Um, I don't know what to do with him. He's his, his strikeouts are better this year, they were bad last year. Um, you know, the barrel rate's pretty good, but his hard hit rate's low. Every time I look at him, I find one thing I like, one thing I don't like. Um, I had a bid in on him in the main event. And I and I think it was the main event he was actually available and I got outbid, but I just uh, how do you feel about Varsho right now? Because the, the the star was pretty bright um, coming in the last year and has definitely been dulled since then.
3: So the Kelly injury is the, the, the mover here without, without that. I, I just ignore him to be honest with you, but the, you know, Kelly's going to be out a while. Uh, I actually bid on him in a 12, although he's my second choice. I actually, I got, I ranked uh Will, William Contreras ahead of him. Uh, I, I, it sh- shows the wildness of a 12 I, and I saw him dropped I, in one of my mains. Yeah. Partial oh, wow. I, I don't understand either, but you know, I,
2: I I hey so I'll probably bid on him next week. We'll see. Yeah, he got picked up for 49 mine and dropped in yours. Is it's wild how that works. I'm surprised Contreras wasn't added last week. That's surprising. Well, it's a 12,
3: so yeah. just keep that in mind. Um, I would
2: I would have definitely bid Contreras above Varsho, though.
3: Yeah. Uh that's the way I I had the same amount. I just prioritized him uh that way. Um, Any, someone picked uh, up Francisco Mejia, Francisco Mejia to drop Bar show. I think I dropped Mejia to pick up <laughs> Contreras or Varsho. So this is the twelve. So yeah, I, I mean, might be is, completely wrong on this though. Uh, Mejia like came Mejia, back today.
2: But he's I mean he's he's backing up Zanino, right? Like he's not gonna he's gonna play. Well he was
3: hurt in the last ten days. He started today. I think he may have had a hit or two, but
2: But Zanino's Zeno's more than fifty percent, right? Maybe a sixty forty kind of thing. That's what
3: I that's how I viewed it. And Zanino's a really good defensive catcher with some pop. Yeah. You know, he's a batting average killer, yeah. but whatever. The Rays, you know, the, the Rays aren't playing rotisserie, you know, so they don't care. Um, Rays don't care about our rotisserie team anyhow. We knew this a long time ago. We, but I did
2: know that. Um I mean, he has done very little in his – I mean, I know he's a huge prospect coming up with Cleveland. Yep. He had a – in 2019, he had eight home runs, hit 265, but – I don't know. I mean, he just hit 077 last year and 42 at-bats. He's he's, he's 300 right now and 367 mm-hmm. at-bats. We don't know a lot. I saw him available in some spots, too, and I just I couldn't get that excited about it.
3: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's- any uh,
2: any Oda Bell Herrera love uh, coming back from the dead and playing every day if you need an outfielder that's uh, that's in there every day?
3: I did not bid on
2: him. Yeah, I had him like down a couple lists. Uh, he's got a six-game hitting streak. He's playing every day, but um there's not a lot of uh, a lot of not a lot of excitement there. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of power or speed, which you just uh, it's hard to get neither of He's those He's got some of each. He does. And he doesn't seem hasn't seemed to shown it at least lately. And how many
3: times have we talked about how bad it is to find outfielders. So I get it. Yeah.
2: All right, so let's jump into some news and notes. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff. I'm going to go through some of this stuff quickly. We'll start at the top with the major ones. We'll talk. We'll talk about those more extensively. But um, Corey Seager is kind of the the big news of the weekend. He's out at least four weeks. Uh, I read that as six weeks by reading between the lines. If I listen to Dave Roberts, but um, mm-hmm. fractured hand after after a hit by pitch. It kind of it was weird. It kind of it cycled really quickly that night. I think it was last night. It was Saturday night. He got hit and he came out of the game. Then all his hands swollen. We're going to see what happens. And then the X-rays back. He fractured it. So. Uh, it's a bummer he has not been hitting especially well so i think it's even more difficult because you knew that hot streak was coming at some point the way that yeah. the way that how good seeker is and this is, a, this is a tough one if you if you drafted him in the second round
3: yeah, absolutely absolutely brutal um and you know our, our shortstop options have run out too that's the, the thing that's tough i was looking on the waiver wire and a couple leagues where i had a, a lesser shortstop to replace and i'm like mm, nope there's nothing there
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know, there's like a Kevin Newman, Nick Ahmed going into cores this week, maybe, but it's uh, it's not super exciting.
3: Yeah, yeah. Arizona's got seven games this week. That would probably be I go. Anaheim also has seven games this week, and Iglesias was available in some leagues.
2: Eight games for Anaheim this week, actually.
3: Eight, eight. You're right. You're absolutely right. Seven, seven and a
2: half. Yeah. 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 It's just a bummer. I mean, I I really, I I like watching Corey Seager hit, and it's uh, you just you kind of knew it was coming at some point. But to get the to get the 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 slump and then not get the hot streak now is 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 tough. But I mean, I think it's pretty easy to me that you got to hold him through this based on the timeline we've seen. Yep. Uh, Aaron Hicks went to the 10 uh, day deal, a, a, a torn sheath on his wrist, which I don't really know Ouch. exactly what that means, but it didn't sound good. Sounded like you don't think it's going to be too long. But uh, it's Aaron Hicks, and he's always kind of everything he gets. I think you can wait a little bit longer. Um, another guy that's been very disappointing this year, hitting third for the Yankees. You thought we were going to get some good stuff, and we have not gotten any of that.
3: Yeah, uh, not the most disappointing Yankee, although there, there's kind of a bidding war on that right now. Uh, there's a lot of guys that could f- qualify under that. A lot of people say Glaber Torres. A lot of people say, uh, you know, well, judge until this weekend. And that, that took care of that yeah. just now, pretty now, quick. Now, now,
2: now he leads the majors in home runs all
3: of a sudden. Yeah, it's like, okay, he's fine. Uh, yeah. But, you know, my my personal candidate, and I'm going to take another L on this, be Clint, Clint Frazier. Um, I'm
2: stunned how bad it's been.
3: Yeah, he homered today, too, though. Or was it yesterday? Uh, he, no, today, he had a homer he and,
2: this weekend. He and Sanchez went back to back, which is like, yeah, I don't know how that ever happened, but they went back to back. And I looked and I was like, oh, it must be Adam Plutko. And there it was.
3: Yeah. 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 That's right. And Sanchez also, I mean, he lost playing time to H- Higgy Ashioka. I mean, that's that's your sign right there. I mean, that's, that's really bad. So, yeah, it, it's funny.
2: And yet, the Yankee, Yankees are fine. They're going to be all right. Yeah. And the funny thing is, they're slowly the pitching, which we worried about starting to come around. Domingo Herman pitched really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Kluber looks better than he did. Tyon is kind of an up and down. But, you know, if Severino comes back. It's weird that they have Cole and they could have a really good two through five or they could have nobody two through five. And I don't think we really know the answer yet. It, it, it could be one extreme right. or the other.
3: Yeah. Um, it just, man, just think about, you know, Cole, just the, the way he's been so far this year, oh, too. I mean, it's just- three walks,
2: three. Yeah. It's crazy. He and Degrom are just so insanely good. It's just a, yeah. it's it's a it's a clear a clear tier one, and they're separating themselves from Shane Bieber at the moment a little bit. He Bieber struggled today, but it, it's clear those two guys are the two best pitchers mm-hmm. in baseball, and it's it's not that close to anybody else. I don't think. Yeah, the uh, thing about uh,
3: you know, I don't know if I might take Bieber over Degrom just because of the injuries, but I mean it, it's going to you know Degrom. I think we're going to get back on Friday, that's, so we'll see. That's, He's that's the hope open at least session. for the Mets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean but that means three starts already
2: down from DeGrom essentially, yeah. and that matters. It does matter a little bit. Does, especially when it's so good and every start you miss is just so good. But yeah, uh, we mentioned Carson Kelly, uh 10 ADL with a toe fracture. It sounds like he might just miss uh, ten to fourteen days. I don't want. I want to see with that with a, as a catcher. Obviously with that, but it's right. too bad because he had been he'd been the, the big breakout catcher. He'd been one of the top five catchers hitting wise, and um, you know he, we kind of expected him to be good last year, and he really struggled. The twenty nineteen was really good, and he was he was kind of re breaking out. I guess we call it twenty nineteen was the breakout, but uh, disappointing because he's uh, he was having a great year. Yeah, he was. AJ Pollock went on the ten-day aisle with a left hamstring, as we talked about Dodger injuries and another guy that opens up playing time there. So um, I think with Pollock, we see that uh, it may. I, I am expecting it to be more than ten days. I think we're probably looking at at least two three weeks with this one.
3: Yeah, because he this is an aggravation of a previous injury, and we got his history. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he,
2: he's missed so many games in the past. You just you got to assume that that's going to be an issue going forward too. We talked about Bryce Harper last week. I think it was a Sunday night game last week where he bunted weirdly because he hurt himself on a swing. Um, so today he sat and he came in the game, came in and bunted because obviously the shoulder is not is an issue. And he had a throw from the outfield that apparently it looked like it was really weak. And then he came in and hit again in the ninth. Um, I don't know what the Phillies are doing here, but it seems like Harper's not right.
3: Uh yeah. It- and we, I think you and I were texting about this, and yeah. I was talking on Twitter. So when it happened, you know, the Phillies' announced it was like Bryce Harper's in the game, even though he was out because of a sore shoulder. Uh And then it must be an injury to Kingery. It turns out Kingery did get was out because of dizziness. That's not great. No. uh but just put like an out, like put a pitcher there. You don't. <laughs> you got your prize commodity. Put put the fanatic. Go get you know get gritty. Bring him down from the you know. The full, the, really I don't think the nice. Flyers are busy right now, but you know, anybody except there except your superstar bunning because it hurts too much to swing, and then he's in the game in the ninth inning with two outs, and got he worked a full count, fouled a couple pitches off before striking out to end the game, but oh my gosh, it's painful to watch. I mean, it, this is a guy who's slugging 600 and has 11 RBI because the, the Phillies
2: can't get anybody on base in front of him.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it's a really weird season.
2: Um, And I I just don't know what they're doing. Like if he can go up there and bunt, like he just should not be there. I mean, he's so important to our team. If you know, he can't go up there and swing normally. And they they must know that he must tell them I'm going to go bunt. Like you're right. Just hit anybody else. It's one game on May 16th. Like I have no, It just seems so short sighted. Yeah. Just
3: it's bizarre world. And you know, real. So here's what kind of happened is DG, DD Gregorius is day to day. Yep. Then real Muto became day to day. Yep. And they're playing in the interleague, so that means they had a DH going. But you know what that means? I hate when teams manage, roster, you know, do roster management this way that they have like 14 pitchers, and, and they, all,
2: they it seems like they all ooh, do right now.
3: We're facing an AL team. We need to carry an extra pitcher. Oh, we is we don't you know we don't have to pinch hit, so therefore we don't need it. Ah, oh, well, this is why you need the extra hitter, yep. that or like just platoons, especially when you're the Phillies and your outfield stinks. Just yep.
2: ah, so dumb. I feel you. Uh, Ronald Acuna missed the weekend, but did pitch hit on Sunday. Pretty good sign that uh, the Braves think that he will uh, mm-hmm. he will be okay there. Obviously, great news there for the first overall pick. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. We were kind of waiting for this. We finally got a weekend where he didn't play. Frustratingly, uh, missed the weekend with quad tightness. Uh, he's one of those yeah. guys that we're going to run into this week that you're just going to have to check. You have to check lineup, see what the Yankees lineup is look li- looking like before you decide on on Stanton.
3: Yeah, that's right. And if I, I'm checking to make sure, but they—they, they, I'm pretty sure they play tomorrow. Yeah, they play seven games too this week. Uh, there, there's a lot, of, you know, nine teams play seven games and yep. there's a decent number of Monday games. So you're going to, you're probably, gonna, you know, obviously you have to make the decision on Stanton right away with a game at Texas, and- maybe buy an extra hour, but that's about it.
2: And he's fa- They're facing Jordan Lyles tomorrow too. Boy, you don't want to miss that start. Yeah. That seems like that. Is that something you'd be interested in? <laughs> yeah. I'm all over that one. Um, Kendall Marte and JD Davis, two guys that are starting rehab assignments, uh, Martin Monday and JD Martinez our JD Davis. I think a little bit later this week. So guys that are starting to come back in and get there. Um, Rowdy Telez, we talked about him last week. is kind of a pickup. He was coming back up. Sounds like mm-hmm. he's going to hit the IL with a mild hamstring strain. Uh, their manager said they think he's going to go on the IL. Uh, Chris Taylor, with the Yankees, missed another with the Dodgers. Another guy that missed a game for the Dodgers, wrist issue. Jeff, do you know that Chris Taylor has thirty-two runs scored?
3: I didn't until I read the outline. Se- in Se- which second
2: is- in baseball, that is insane. He's one run behind. I think it's Acuna, uh, thirty-three to thirty-two. I had no idea Chris Taylor had been scoring quite that many runs.
3: Yeah, you know, batting towards the top of a, a ever-shifting but good Dodgers lineup, and that'll do yeah. the trick, won't it? Yeah, yeah, no, that's we'll solid.
2: Uh, we talked about J- David Price uh, returning to the team this week. Uh, Mets uh, had a rough start to the game. Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto Conforto both exited with hamstring tightness. Uh, not exactly what you want to see here. It seems like McNeil's had a bunch of stuff going on this year. They're another team that do – they do play on Monday. They're at the Braves on Monday, so we'll have to check. Uh, but uh, I'm worried that – Big McNeil's- series. Yeah, it is. McNeil Conforto, hamstring tightness. You just You worry that's going to be a couple days, though.
3: Yeah, uh, and you look at the – you know, they're facing two lefties anyhow and Freed and Smiley. I, I think it's a pretty good bet that you want to sit those guys unless – I and maybe if they're in the lineup, you go with it. But how often do you see it? Oh, it's all clear. He's in the lineup. And then yep. they aggravate it on Monday or Tuesday and you're sunk again.
2: I don't yeah, know. especially Conforto plays the outfield running around, running to first mm-hmm. base. A lot of ways that can go sideways. Uh, what's up with uh, Mike Moustakis? I saw him miss the weekend with a heel contusion. You think he's uh aisle situation? He'll be back, uh, back for this week.
3: I don't know. I mean, I think they wanted to wait to make that call when they got back and have them re-examined. And you're going to see some. I think Monday is going to be a big news day for. It's uh, the
2: worst because we lineups are set. You can't pick guys up anymore. And uh, I hate Monday news is the worst.
3: Yeah, uh, at least you know you're hoping to get it before the games start. I, for I'm, sure. Uh, pulling up the schedule. First game is until 6:40 Eastern. That's uh, re-
2: I, I like day games, but I love when there's no day games on Monday.
3: I 100% agree. 100% agree can't stand day games on Monday, especially Patriots day games. I mean, that's just yeah. the worst, but anything early where I have to make this, you know, have to make the information with lack of full knowledge or whatever constitutes full knowledge these days. Um, it, it stinks.
2: Uh, Charlie Blackman missed the weekend series with the Reds with a mild groin strain. So, There's another guy you'll have to check on. They are on the road to start the week, but you hopefully uh, get him yep. back for the weekend. Uh, Jeff Charlie Blackman has quietly been really, really kind of poor, hitting 242 with two home runs and no stolen bases. Does that 21 RBI? Joy's playing in some games, of course, field, but uh a lot of hard hit balls. But uh and the strikeout rate's down. They could be fine, but uh, he's been really quiet so far. Hard to
3: believe I got such a great bargain on him, Scott. In the always, main, always, always. Right? what a yeah. deal! What a deal! It, you know, I
2: can't complain because Jordan Alvarez
3: was a good deal. So it was yeah. Kevin in that range. I mean, I passed up on all those closers for those guys and. Okay, well, two out of three ain't bad.
2: If it makes you feel better, I had Blackman in the main event in 2019, and I don't think he had a home run until April 24th that year. Mm-hmm. He didn't have another one until like May 7th and ended up with 32 home runs. So he's one that uh, gets crazy streaky and crazy hot as it warms up. So I, I think you will still be fine there.
3: Yeah, see, also snow out in Coors Field earlier yeah. this week. I'm.
2: It's a different just, it's, it's a different place yeah. the first six weeks is the rest of the year. Just, just
3: riding it out.
2: Uh, anybody else news and what notes wise in your mind? I think we kind of hit them all, but was anybody. Uh, I know Kenta Maeda was talking about a, a little bit of a tweaked groin uh, during the game today. We're gonna talk about him in a second though. Uh, mm-hmm. Max Kepler left that game on Sunday with a tweaked hamstring. We just seem like we have a lot of day to day guys right now. Like, like you said, I think, yeah. Monday, I think you're right. I think, I think Monday is going to be a, an interesting day with lineup. Uh, yeah. see,
3: see who's playing or not. Uh, Toronto. Uh, a little bit. I wanted to talk about the bullpen situation there. If I you know they Romano had a bumpy finish uh, to today's game, if I recall yeah. correctly. Um and they came, you know the Blue- they
2: came, they came and got him for the last out, right? Someone else came in for the last out.
3: Yeah, and earlier they had a visit where I was like checking to make sure he's okay. Um and Jeremy Beasley came in and it, it was it was really scratchy. So problem is I don't know who the hell to pick up. Um you could pick up Tyler Chatwood, I suppose, but see
2: you say that in a bad way. Tyler Chatwood. 0.61 ERA in 14 and two thirds. Oh, he's Strike- always
3: better as a reliever.
2: Strikeout rates, 28%, 7% walk rate. He's net, he hasn't been under 10% since 2014. It's weird that he's throwing 47% cutters this year, and he's pretty much cut out the curveball and the changeup. I think as he's as he become a reliever, you know, a couple, you can go with a two-pitch guy more than he could as a starter. His cutter has a 46% whiff rate so far this year. He's been yeah. insanely good. I It's stunning, and I'm someone who's always argued against him because of the walks, but... If he limits the walks and he's gassing as a reliever, he's kind of interesting. Do you see the quote on Romano? They said that he went out there because he looked kind of weird or didn't look right, and he said he's fine. So I don't, it was a strange quote (laughs) after the game.
3: And it's just, I I, honestly, Charlie Montoya is a mix and match guy, and he hasn't seen fit to give Chatwood a single one of these save chances. He's got seven holds. So in a Souls league, you're fine with him, but it uh,
2: sure feels like they're trying to do everything possible to not just have Jordan Romano be the guy, though. Like they just, if they wanted him, the mm-hmm. guy could have been, but then they had Dolis, um, you know, obviously they, they, they signed. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kirby, Kirby Yates. Yates. I almost said Heath Bell because it was Padres. My gosh. Um, but uh, same sort of same number
3: of saves for the Blue Jays for you and TGFBI. So either yeah, way, I mean, it's, it's I, fine. Uh,
2: just to update you. I still have zero.
3: Do you have zero? Totally. Wow. I'm
2: not exaggerating or being, uh, being false in that regard. I have Are zero. you still trying to get saves there? No, nah, I'm punting it now okay yeah i think i have peter fairbanks but he's better for <laughs> wins and ratios anyway right. um i think i might have bid on fulmer and got outbid and that was kind of the end of it i think i think i'm going full punt now i just just got to go for it
3: diego castillo pitched the sixth today by the way
2: so did uh, rafael montero who i think is fully fully a, a, a away from that job i think he's a drop he gave up runs i just he's he's a mess I, I i don't think i hold him right now despite the every once in a while Grayman sets up and they throw montero the ninth. but I, yeah. I think Montero. i think montero's a drop
3: I, yeah I mean, the thing is he, and that's the Mariners are full on that, that team right now. Uh, yep. it's just Graveman is there for whenever they decide is the most important situation of that day. Um, whereas Montero is there to clean up the mess and well, not clean up the mess, but clean, you know, to swoop in for the seven, eight, nine spot in the order. Whenever that comes up.
2: Kendall Graveman still hasn't given up a run, Jeff. He's good. You're not bitter. I know. I'm actually not. He didn't work as a starter, but uh, you could give them credit for making him a reliever. But yeah, I'm just, I'm bitter about that trade in general more than at Kendall Graveman personally.
3: Yeah, you gave, he gave up his blood and tears for this, uh, for that franchise and in his shoulder you know, while yeah, we're at it. But it's true.
2: Uh, I want to talk about a few players, but first, a note from our sponsor, Vivid Seats. The world is coming back, and the NFL and and Major League Baseball regular season, NHL and NBA playoffs are upon us. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped for the recent release regular season NFL schedule. If you're like me and you like seeing all these events live, then head over to Vivid Seats, the ultimate go-to source for live events from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and comedy shows. Vivid Seats makes it easy for you to discover your favorite event. Find your seat, gain entry, and make new memories. Just download the app, choose your city, and get access to the largest selection of tickets on the the games and performances you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, and more. For a limited time, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners 10% off your ticket, up to $30 max. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you check out. Every purchase is backed by its 100% buyer guarantee, and you'll even earn cash back with the Vivid Seats reward program. Vivid Seats, getting you in the game. So Jeff, we kind of hit on Aaron Judge. Uh quietly has 12 home runs, only 24 RBIs. So he's not high up the list there, but he's hitting 298. Uh K rate's down to 26%. Walk rate's at 13.5%. Uh Jeff, I just want to bring him up because his hard hit rate's 59.1%, and his barrel rate's 20 and percent. It is bonkers how hard he's hitting the ball right now. Yeah, it's
3: just kind of like Stan was earlier, you know. Yep. It, it, yeah, and the thing is, like Voight's back in the lineup finally this week. So that's another guy that, that could be higher in the order ahead of him that can get on once they bring Stanton back. Point is, I'm not worried about RBI from
2: Judge. I no, think they come. Me either. Yeah, I, I um, think they come too and if you're going to if you're going to hit a bunch of just, the only thing that I'm worried about with Judge is health. I think if he's when he's healthy, he's going to be really good. Um hopefully he's uh you know staying with his yoga or whatever he did in the offseason to get his body mm-hmm. right. Um as long as he's in the lineup, uh it's going to be mashing and I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good about him as long as he's uh, kind of upright.
4: Yeah,
3: he, you know, it's amazing to me that he's hitting 289. Uh, that, that's the thing I did not expect to see out of Aaron Judge because he had that massive slump at one point in time, and you're like, oh, he's really having a terrible season. Next thing you know, he's leading baseball on homers and he's he's hitting 289. Like, what did, what happened there? What did I miss? I mean, it's it just, I guess just, I missed the Orioles in coming into yeah. town.
2: Yes, yeah, so you and you and Gleyber Torres missed the Orioles. That's uh, not mm. uh, not good. We, Gleyber, his first home run, and then. Went on the uh, went on the COVID list. So that's that's too bad because it was as we know he uh, makes a, makes a living off the Orioles,
3: or at least a reputation. I don't think he has done much against the Orioles in the last <laughs> he had that, year. Yeah,
2: that one year he hit like nine, eight or nine home runs against them, and it was just. But uh, a couple of pitchers I want to talk about with you uh, before we before we jump out mm-hmm. it for the week: uh, Kenton Maeda and Lucas Gil- Gilito. Let's start with Maeda. Uh Maeda struggled again today. He had four innings. Yeah. I know he had a little bit of groin tightness, but eight hits to the A's. Uh, he only had two strikeouts. Gave three earned runs. He's at the 5.26. We talk about Castillo a lot. We talk about guys who have struggled. Maid is right up there. He was a third-round pick, uh, late third-round pick, early mm-hmm. fourth in most mains by the time we drafted in March. Um, K-rates last year was 32%. Everybody's really excited about that. It's down to 20.5%. That was before today. Only had two strikeouts, so he only pitched four innings, but that might have gone down a little bit. Walk rates up a touch. Um, the Babbitt was 208 last year. He got a lot of help there, now it's 350. You look at the hard hit, hard contact, though. It's jarring. He was 24.7% last year, really limited. Well, 45.9% this year, he's getting hit hard. He's not striking as many guys out. He's walking a few more guys. Uh, I kind of thought that I'd look at his profile and be like, Oh, I see this turning around. I don't know if I do. There's a lot of bad stuff here. As you get, you get a little deeper. It's a, it's it's a small sample. So, you know, turn it around, but there's not a lot to hold on to that. He's going to automatically just jump back to 2020.
3: Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I, he he seemed to me to be like the, the 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 poster child for hey I pitched against the Central last year yeah. uh, theory and I, I don't want to declare ultimate victory on that because I think there might be other things at work uh, but it's interesting you know Luis Castillo Kentamaeda, Lucas Giolito who's also on our list and you know, all Zach, Central Zach, pitchers
2: Zach Plesac Zach,
3: Zach Plesac uh, you want to throw Kyle Hendricks in there too play the what's wrong with game, a lot of them throw changeups. Castillo and Giolito especially. Now, Maeda doesn't. He th- throws the splitter instead. Uh, but it kind of makes me wonder. And, in fact, last year, Maeda against the splitter. Threw that as the second most common pitch. He threw it 29% of the time. Opponents slugged 156 against his splitter. This year, they're slugging 395 against that splitter. It's not like they're killing it, but that's 200 points better. I mean, he's generating a lot fewer whiffs. It used to be a 45% uh, whiff rate against the splitter. This year it's 25%. Yep. reason I bring all this up on this particular type of pitch, off-speed pitch that is not putting away, we talked about Castillo. Todd Zola brings this up, and he brought this up on the XM show today. Uh, we do a Sunday show on XM. Guys, you should listen, uh, 1 to 3 Eastern time. And he talks about how the new ball might, with the raised seam, the different seams, might make it harder to throw the cha- the change a certain way and get the that's same right. sort of movement, the same sort of command. These guys are getting just crushed on their changeup.
2: That's interesting. I thought about the the other guy. That jumped to my head there was was Devin Williams who struggled. You know, he was so dominant with that changeup. Airbender, last year. yeah, yeah. And it, it, it seems like he's finally getting it back now. But you know, a guy that the uh, first month of the season was not the same guy. That's that's interesting. So Giglio's the next thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, his K rate down a bit but it's still 28%. I see a lot more with Giglietto that I that I feel good about than I did with Maeda. Uh, walk rate walk rate the same as it was last year. Swing strike rate's down but it's still really good. It's still 14.9%, you know, and the same as 2019 when he was really good. I just wonder maybe the only thing with Leto is maybe we elevated him to like, you know, tier 1A a little quickly. You look at his ERA it was 3.4 in 2019, 3.48 mm-hmm. in 2020. Really good numbers but not Bieber, DeGrom, Cole numbers. There were a lot of people that had him fourth or had him right at the end of the first round. I think he went like 11th, 12th, 13th in a lot of drafts as we got to late March. Um, I wonder maybe, you know, just he's it, the, with the walks, he's a little more variable in the, than those top elite guys. I think we're going to see a really good stretch from him, but I think we're, maybe we're seeing that maybe he's tier two and maybe not tier one A.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, last start on Friday, it was against the Royals. It was the first game of that doubleheader. Yep, uh, And I, I was able to catch a lot because it was a standalone game. And I even tweeted, I'm like, I'm nervous after three batters. It took 20 pitches to get through three batters. He's just not getting them, you know, misses. And maybe the Royals were just pesky at the top of the lineup. Maybe, you know, I, I think this is even before Carlos Santana came up. And Carlos Santana is notorious for working the count. But it's like, he should not be you know, working this hard. And, was, you know, I, I think it was one guy on and two outs at that point. But it's like, wow, it was full count every batter.
2: Yeah, so I think maybe we, I mean, the, the whiff rate in his fastball is down ten percent, so there's maybe something mm-hmm. there. The velo's down a little bit, but it's still kind of right there. I still feel like pretty pretty good about Giuliano. I just don't I do think too. we're going to get. I don't think we're going to get the elite top, you know, top five starter. But I think you're going to still be. I don't think he's going to hurt you. I, I, he's not going to earn the draft price name, but I don't think he's going to hurt you at all. I think you're just going to still end up at the end of the year. I think it's going to be a really really good year from Giuliano. Maybe not the year you wanted, but I think it's going to be a really good year. That's not going to hurt you.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the velocities right now and. They're down, but not by a lot. Uh, yeah. So, for instance, four-seamer was 94. It's 93.4 this year. Change-up was 80.9. It's actually up to 81.5. Slider, 84.9. It's actually up to 86.1. It's almost like he's throwing too hard, but I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that's worried about Gileto is we've been making excuses out of him. Patriots Day. Oh, didn't, ran out of gas, was left in too long. Yeah. Oh, another day game, double doubleheader, yeah. you know.
2: And then okay. you had the you had the but the Royals' home runs were not that high exit velocity and they weren't hit that hard. It's just like yeah. you're right. It seems like there's always something in each start that we we point to. But um, I still think it's gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be good. I, if I were in a trade league, I think if someone wanted to get rid of him, I think I'd be pretty happy grabbing mm-hmm. him at his current price. Whereas with Maeda, um, I'm not really seeing. I'm seeing a lot of down a lot a lot of drop offs there that I'm not nearly as excited about as I'm. I think Geely will be fine. I'm 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 actually worried about Maeda.
3: Yeah, and we made fun of JD Martinez for his my dog ate my homework excuses. I think Giolito's <laughs> kind of in that boat and he'll be okay too. Uh, Castillo versus Maeda. Who are you more worried about?
2: Wow, that's a really good one. Um both is my answer, but uh, I'm a little more worried about Maeda because I wasn't as high on him kind of same. It was just that 2020 was so good, but I think Castillo's a little more to build on. I mean, I'm I'm pretty worried about both guys if we're being honest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I feel a little better about Castillo making it, making get kind of getting hot, making a good run here, though.
3: Yeah. I've got Giolito on my watch in a couple of leagues, including one of my mains. I do not have Castillo or Maeda. Now, Castillo, I have in a score sheet league, but no roto leagues in Maeda. I have 0.0% of them, which is weird because I usually have a lot of them.
2: I usually but do it, too. I just thought the price was crazy. I mean, it was just, and, so was, too. and the, the people that dropped them had good, re- and the smart people that had good reasons. I just I just couldn't pull the trigger in the third round.
3: Yeah, I you know this is a guy that we would take as our third fantasy starter. Right. Not even our second. No. and we're talking about third round. And you know, it's not like he was twenty seven and finally got it either. You know, this is a veteran and you know it's so, up, yeah. That's why fun, I didn't have fun it.
2: to watch pitch. I hope he turns it around, but there's uh mm-hmm. there's a lot of jarring stuff as you look at his profile. For sure. Uh Marcus Semien is a guy on fire right now. He's hitting uh, he now hits 269 9 home runs, 7 stolen bases. Um the second best second baseman right now just behind Whit Merrifield if you look at kind of fantasy value mm-hmm. and uh, the price wasn't there. I mean, he was he was pretty well priced. It's just when you look at him, like his really good year in 2019, where he was—I think he was third in the MVP voting with the A's. I uh, didn't strike out at all. It's like down to 14 percent, like really cut down on the strikeouts. Strikeouts are way up. There's up to like 26 percent, but he's hitting the ball harder. His hard—he's never been over 38 percent hard contact guy. He's now at 42.6 percent hitting. At top of this lineup is obviously an incredible place to be. Hitting—you know—hitting second between whatever it's between Bichette and Vlad, or whatever it lines up. The certain day where he's leading off, uh, whatever it may be, you know, obviously sets up at a really top of a really good lineup uh playing really well I, I think the batting average is going to be the one thing that maybe can't stick up there if he's going to strike out that much but it's interesting these kind of changes approach moving to toronto
3: yeah i wish i had more of them Me too. I, I have them in a couple of places but not nearly enough uh he you know combo meals are nice
2: i like them let's keep I, them coming i wish the a's had more of him too
3: yeah i bet i bet uh, or the reds for that matter our reds you know could needed a shortstop this yeah. offseason season. That's all right though. We we at got least Kyle you Farmer. didn't
2: at least you didn't actually insult the incumbent and offer him a ridiculously stupid deal that like essentially was Bobby Bonilla like we'll give you a million dollars for the next 10 years. It's just absurd.
3: Yeah. Uh yeah, that's true. Or trade for Elvis Andrews, but Oh uh, my
2: god. But I mean
3: that you traded Chris Davis and yeah, absolutely yeah, like, one
2: for Alvis Sanders, but by the way, I can't believe Chris Davis made a diving catch in the outfield this week. That was that was the most absurd thing in baseball all week.
3: Yeah. Then you saw him throw later in the game. You're like, oh, <laughs> he
2: oh. really, he, he actually can't throw baseball. It's wild. He can't. No. literally cannot throw baseball.
3: <laughs> that was that was wild.
2: He looks like he looks like Mike Quackenbush trying to throw a golf ball.
3: <laughs> okay there's just a single person targeted uh crack there but i i know the target but i don't know the reference but I, that's all
2: good you were you were there at top golf he tried to throw a golf ball and what had the worst throwing motion of oh all time. my god you're right i forgot about that i thought this was a, a different
3: throwing uh, no i, I only made the
2: joke because you got nobody else will get it but at least as long as you I got thought it, quack, we're
3: quack. i thought you're just talking to quack
2: for a second there <laughs> uh we talked about freddie peralta so i'm going to skip him uh, where are you? Where are you with Brandon Lau right now? One more guy here before we get out of here. Um, hit a home run today. Hit his seventh home run. He's hit the buck ninety five. Um, the strikeouts are back to a big issue. They were a big issue in twenty nineteen. He really cut them down in twenty twenty, and I think a lot of people are excited about that. Back up to thirty percent this year. The swing strike rate's at 15.8%, which is closer to 2020, so it's a good thing he was 19% in 2019. Um, the BABIP's 318 career, it's 241 right now, so maybe getting a little unlucky there. Uh, hard contact's down, though. He's always a big hard contact. He's always like a swing mm-hmm. and miss, but hard contact guy. He's never been under 43%. He's at 37% right now. Barrel rate's still good. Uh, where are you on, Lau, kind of going into week eight, uh, having a really st- tough start to the year? But you know, as you look at his profile, there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. How do you feel about him going forward? I mean, this is the same strikeout problem he had in the playoffs, too. That's not, yep. you know, so. Good point. And, yeah, you, I, and you pointed that out preseason. You mentioned that uh, how much you were worried about him struggling in the playoffs. And then, then they benched him a few times in the playoffs. Um, yeah, that's a good point. He just, uh, it's kind of continued from there.
3: I don't see any reason why he gets to have another plate appearance against a lefty either. Uh, 186 this year against lefties. He's, or no, I'm sorry, OPS of 186 against lefties oh, this God, year and 44 plate appearances. 050. the 136 OBP is 050 slugging. He's had one single against lefties, I think, or whatever. How many singles or, or how many hits he has against lefties? That, those have all been singles. He hasn't even had an extra base hit. Uh, this also kind of leaks into the, when the hell are the Rays going to call up Wander Franco? When are they going to call up Vidal Bruhan? Uh Both those guys need to be up they're killing it in, in AAA. I, I think it could be as early as Thursday they play uh wow. they play Toronto at Dunedin uh so it's essentially in Tampa
2: that and, would you know, not that would not be very raised but those two prospects might force them to not be very raised about the prospect
3: right I mean isn't this a big series it is is it too early to say it's a big
2: series uh, I don't think so I mean I think that uh anytime that uh, anything that plays in you know in division I mean Baltimore's not but yeah at Toronto that's uh I think it's a big spot. I just uh, – it'd be interesting. I, which of those two guys do you think were to be the one that got called up first?
3: I think they call them up on the same time. Um, wow. I mean, they're both ready. Uh, I, I think that's – I think it might be easier if they call them up at the same time too. But – and Keir, Keir Myers in his home away from home on the IL right now. Mm-hmm. They're using Brett Phillips in center field, at least they did today.
2: Yeah, I, and I know it's a great story from the playoffs and the walk-off and all that, but it's not. it's not yeah. the answer.
3: Yep. Uh, so right now the Jays are 22 and 17. The Rays are 23 and 19. Wow. Four teams, all four games over 500 or better in the ALE. So, you know, every game against each other matters a lot right now is the way I look yep. at it. Uh, the, and the Rays, I mean, they just had a good homestand. They've won four in a row. They swept the Mets. That's great. They get Baltimore on the road to start the week. Then they're at Toronto and it's really at Tampa. So, you know, I, I think it's a great time to do it travel-wise, setup-wise. Maybe you don't have the home crowd as much pressure, but these are big games. they got a four-game wraparound series against the Jays starting on Friday. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens this weekend. Willie Adamas, Homer today, too. And that, that complicates the, the analysis maybe ever so slightly. Yeah, but, And Adamas is good defensively. Yeah, so I, I feel that. like
2: I feel like they have one spot. I'm, I'm. It's gonna. I think it'd be tougher to get two spots. But you're right. Maybe they just do it at the same time. But they just. It's hard to find two spots in that lineup at the moment. Unless you, unless you, kind of give up on Lau and Adamas, you make them both halftime guys, and you kind of do it that way.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, and Forrest, Forrest asks a good question. What about the Rays uh, wanting to save the extra year arbitration? If that's really what they're going to guide their decision based on, then we're talking june at some point but but we, you know, we are we are we not
2: are we not past that the super arb and all that stuff i mean I'm super two is
3: not. often well this year i'm not sure about the answer and it's first of all it's not a set date it's yeah. based on a percentage of playing time service time over accumulated over the course of the year but i don't know if the minor league season starting in may has any what that does to that so it's a qu- quick thing yeah i get that they're cheap um uh, this is this is a team though i mean and that might drive everything i free i can i hate it but i can understand saving the extra year free agency arbitration is a step too far as far as i'm concerned i think that's i think it's i think it's utter crap to the players too i think that that's the thing that really bothers me more than anything else is you know the the, the veterans are losing that bar the, the end, their end of the bargain on the the back half you know at least don't screw them on arbitration years. That, yeah. I think it's just awful when it happens like that. And I think you know Franco and Brujan are ready. I think they make the team better.
2: Yeah, every time you, you flip on Twitter, it seems like Franco does something pretty amazing. So it's uh, yeah. uh, it'd be fun. I, ho- I hope it happens. It's more. Uh, it's more fun. It's just. It's so crazy. It's just so crazy that baseball. That's thinking. Like, can you imagine? the Cavs not starting LeBron James for the first six weeks of the season. He's a rookie because of, you know, money reasons. Like it's just, it's, o- it's only baseball. Yeah. It's just so weird that it's only baseball. I mean, you never see it in any other sport. It's just, it's wild. Well, uh, I, the thing is, I think hockey, you might see it actually. The thing is Because I, doesn't like Austin Matthews
3: come up and play right away? I think you've seen uh, it, but the, 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 they're the Maple Leafs. And they're also, I think they had, you know, they had ideas of contending. Um, but I think, in both cases, there's an established minor leagues. Yeah, there's no there's no minor leagues in the NFL. There's there's the G League in the NBA, but no first round pick goes to the G League. Right. Uh, so or uh, but so I think it's a little bit different. But until free agency is not tied to service time, I. I
2: no, I uh, I, get, I don't I get see any why, way around this. I get why teams do it. It just seems like it's bad for the sport in general. I mean, Jared Kelnick yeah. is better than the guys who were starting oh, for my God, the, yeah. first, the first six weeks. Like it's just you're making you're actually physically making your team worse to do it. And it just seems it's yeah. just crazy. But I get yeah. why teams do it. An extra year of free agency is a keeping an extra year of a guy's uh, you know service time is is a big deal. I do get it. I understand it from a you know a business perspective of the team, but it just seems like a right. just shows shows short sighted for the sport to not have your best players playing.
3: Oh, I agree. I agree, but I, I and maybe there's a creative solution out there. I haven't seen it yet. All I've heard is baseball's got to do something about this. Yeah. But do what? I mean, the what's the, you know? I I need like a concrete proposal. I haven't seen it yet. May point me in the right direction. Tell me I'm an idiot or show me I'm wrong, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'd like 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 to read it. I haven't seen it yet. Where and it's got to be one that's realistic for the uh, owners as well, uh, because it, it is a big deal to them too.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting off season. We'll just leave it. We'll just leave it at that. But yeah, uh, anybody else you want to talk about before we get out of here? We've gone a little bit long here, but uh, anybody else that uh, is on your mind you want to talk about before uh, we get into next week? No, I think we're good. Cool. Well, thanks for everyone listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. As always, we really appreciate that. If you could please rate of the podcast, that'd be great. Also, uh, we thank uh, WinBet for their sponsorship of the podcast. Also, if you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensted, and uh, we will be on there. If you have anything you want to talk about or address on next week's podcast, up on there. Other than that, I hope everybody has a good fantasy week, and take care.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.